This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast of myself, Ross and Joe, to everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, uh, last night was interesting, weren't it, boys? Uh, a lot of a lot of emotion on the timeline, a lot of people getting upset. Um, but, you know, of course, we're back here again to give our opinions on it all. Uh, and I'll introduce you guys before we get started. So, Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad, thanks, mate. Good to hear. And how about yourself, Joe? Yeah, all good. All good. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we had to, um, well, quite a few of us were pretty vocal on Twitter last night to give our opinions on the game, so I'm sure it'll be the same here. Uh, 3-2 defeat against Gillingham. Uh, how we lost this game? Uh, well, it was through individual errors, weren't it, really? Uh, 79% possession on the night, uh, and, he, and only Dons could lose a game like that, I think. Um, should we have got something from the game? Yeah, probably. Um, but did we deserve to win the game or we'll get something from the game? Uh, I don't think we did. Uh, the individual errors, as Russ Martin put, were unacceptable, and they've got to be, they've just got to be sorted out essentially. Um, and with the young players that we have, mistakes are going to happen. But with the amount of raw talent we have in the team, those mistakes is going to be elevated. And I think last night was a great example of that. Um, but listen, it, no one, if it's going to take a few months to sort this out, then. Well, I think we'd be fine by now. We'd be getting loads of results, and it's gonna take a lot longer. And the club's waited a lot of time to, well, with previous managers to get to the next level in terms of divisions. And I'm pretty sure that with Russ, they're gonna wait the same amount of time. And people need to be a bit patient, I think. And yeah, patience is the key, I think, from that performance. And yeah, the first 15 minutes we were excellent, and throughout the whole game we weren't exactly bad but it's a game of fine margins and we'll get on to sort of expanding on that fine margins point later on but first of all I'll get the uh, general thoughts of the other two gents on the call so uh, Ross uh, what did you think of last night? 
Yeah, it was a frustrating night, um, of course. Um, you've just mentioned it, playing some really fluid stuff in the opening 25, I felt, um, scoring one. And uh, it was certainly a move uh, which was, uh, I think it was 56 passes, wasn't it? Uh, 55, I think the club said. But, 55, yeah. that's, yeah. It, I can't remember the last time we've uh, strung that many passes to a goal before. Um, but then after that, I felt we were were the masters of our own downfall, gifting them an easy penalty from failing to clear our own lines from a throw-in. And then Sermon gifting them a clear opportunity or heading, heading it back to Darling. He wasn't anticipating it at the end of the day. And then Vadine Oliver tucked it away. Um, and then after that, we uh, amended that mistake by going level into half-time. And on the near side, um, some real clever play between O'Reilly and Grigg. And then Grigg to whip it in front of the keeper's lines. And then O'Hora to slot it away. I felt reasonably happy going into half-time. And I felt this dual side were there for the taking. And then on to the second, we controlled the game. But we didn't put that possession to use. And we conceded from another throw-in. And I feel the manner of the result hurts most as a fan I felt Jill's obviously won down to our mistakes and these as you said Liam these are the fine margins between a great side and a good side in League One but I feel like that performance just shows what a Steve Evans side is all about and our dreadful dreadful form at the Priestfields continues I guess yeah, and I saw some people after the game talking about oh, how it's a masterclass of tactics, Steve Evans. It wasn't. The first 15 minutes, they just didn't do anything. And all he did was tell them to just press us more. And like every other team has done in this league. And they, surprise, surprise, they got they scored goals because with this pressure causes mistakes, especially with the back line as it is now. It wasn't a master tactician job from Steve Evans. It was just us. They just let us play football like they did in the reverse leg like, for the first 15 minutes. We go a goal ahead and then just, just give them the win, as Ross said. Steve Evans didn't to do that result. It's just, I think the players just realised that there's need to work our, our stuff to get three points here, and they did it from pressing. And even the players themselves after the game, you know, Jordan Gray and Dean Oliver, they all tweeted saying how, much, how, how hard they had to work for that result. They didn't win it because of Steve Evans, they won it because of the fight they put in. And Unfortunately, Don's gave them their rewards for that. They didn't. They probably deserved it, but they didn't exactly earn it themselves. Uh, Joey, what were your overriding thoughts from last night? I think yeah, it, the main word for me was frustration because I think the frustration came that from the fact that we didn't get outplayed, they just scored more goals than us and capitalised on the mistakes. But if you watch the ninety minutes, it was just. It was so stop-start. Um, Steve Evans got, I think it was his seventh booking of the season, and I didn't listen to the commentary, and you could hear him throughout. And I've, I, it wound me up. And so I hate to feel how the, you know, the coaching staff who sat right next to his bench felt. Um, you know, every 50-50, all you heard was just, ref, ref. And then... And then it just just little things like, you know, and this isn't why we lost the game, but, you know, just little things going against us. Like there was a couple of maybe contentious penalties we could have got. I think Stuart O'Keefe must have committed three or four fouls whilst already on a yellow card. And just little things like that when 
you know, when you're struggling, when you're trying, not struggling, but when you're scrapping to get back in the game, these things always seem to go against you. Um, and I think the most frustrating thing from last night was the fact that we didn't, like, it, it should have been, or it could have been a routine win after 15, 20 minutes. And the fact is, we had two or three mistakes out of absolute, like, you know, absolute nowhere. And, you know, they were, every single one was punished. You know, in open play, they didn't really create a lot. We didn't really either, but we created enough and we got the ball enough into good positions. And you score two goals away from home and two bloody good goals they were at all. You know, you, you, you've got to be taking at least a point. There's not many teams that would score two goals away from home and not, not, not come away with three points. And that's happened twice now. And, I mean, I, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll talk about the the maybe can, not worrying as such, but there's I think recently we've been scoring. We you know scoring has not been an issue, but at the back it's you know a couple too many um, individual errors that have cost us in recent games. Because let's face it, we've been I think we've scored sixteen in the last seven games. That's over two, uh, an average of over two. So that's not the problem. The problem seems to just be. Whether it's concentration, just innocent mistakes, or or what, it, it, it's not helping us right now, is it? Oh, I think it's concentration, definitely. You know, it's 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 a defence for the younger players besides Louis, uh, and then that and that that comes with you know they haven't got the experience to have that concentration and yeah, that they're just young players and they they're they're literally they're prone to mistakes. So as you mentioned just then, like. The, the mistakes that they would typically see is elevated times 10 because we've got, well, what centre boss, Tarry Downs 21, Ahura's what 21, 22, even Les even younger than that. Zach Jules is around the same age as uh, the previous two. They're, they all need to just play football and learn from these mistakes. And quite frankly, they need to learn fast. And this see it's fine, uh, it's acceptable this season, but next season, not a chance. If, if the club and Russ wants to continue this progression that he talks about. These states have got to be cut out. It's not acceptable. And we're lucky that these players are our players for the most part because we can actually develop them and they're not, they're not developing them from someone else. So, of course, Ethan Laird's an anomaly to that, but yes, he, shouldn't be in, he shouldn't even be in League One. He's too good of a player for this level. Um, but yeah, it's going to take time. We need to be a bit patient. Um, it's frustrating now. It was just straight against Shrewsbury, um, but there's not much we can do about it. Obviously, we spoke about five margins, and I think Andrew Sermon was the definition of five margins last night. You know, he finished the game on I think it was like a ninety-six point nine percent pass completion, which well, in any other game would be ridiculously good, and you'd be praising him. But I think. Obviously, Ross, you mentioned about the mix-up at the back for the second goal, and then, of course, he missed that volley in the second half. If he doesn't make that mistake and he scores the volley, we win the game. It's three points. And me and Joe were talking about this. Like That's how close we were to winning this game. And it's just a bit frustrating how, you know, well, we're not, we're not helping ourselves at the same time, but we aren't being rewarded for these, on paper, good performances. And... Ross, all you've got to do is hope that next season uh, these performances are awarded for three points rather than nothing and us talking about how we should have won games. Definitely. I feel 
with Sermon, I feel, I feel like it's a few two games um, many in now. And I know with Halton coming back, um, it's going to really um, surprise a few. Cause I've, I feel Halton's a bit more mobile than Sermon. I feel um, that's where we lack Kasumi in that role. I feel like um, we saw it earlier on this season. Kasumi, um, he'll be involved in absolutely everything um, in the defence and then in, in the attack. But I feel like Sermon, yeah, as I say, he, he's he's not as mobile and he's not as quick as, as well. And obviously he hasn't got the legs. And I feel like that suffered yesterday, um, especially with that header, even if he, even if Kasumi was there, just that extra yard or so. And he could have said, darling, take a step back or mine or, you know, a bit of communication along that back line. And I feel like that's where Sermon lacks. I'm not saying he's not a good footballer because at the end of the day, we've seen what he can do. I just feel like, as I say, just, maybe it's one too many games for him and uh, we need to freshen things up in that deeper role. Yeah, I mean, me and Joe were expecting Houghton to start this game and uh, I was quite surprised he didn't. He, he, Russ talks about minutes needing to be managed, but he just plays, he's playing the same players. Now, I've phrased my role receptions because they're quite technical players and I don't think anyone else to redo their job but there are certainly players in that squad that are fit right now that can do as good of a job as Sermon uh, i.e. Jordan Houghton and others that are now just recently been recruited that they deserve a chance and especially after tonight also not tonight um, late yesterday night that they deserve to get minutes and more than the what Houghton got 20 minutes yesterday um, yeah I don't understand why He's obsessed with this free midfield and I think Houghton deserves a chance and I'll be very surprised if he doesn't get it on Saturday against Wigan. Um, Joe, obviously Russ is very vocal on how the Kasimu setback has really impacted maybe his plans and how he's really missing him. Um, obviously, we both wanted Houghton back. So do you agree with me in a sense, or me and Ross in a sense that Houghton should be starting on Saturday? Yeah, I, th- I think we've seen some great stuff from Sermon. And I think, yeah, it- it's a weird one because actually he just made one mistake and missed what, and, you know, he-, he still found himself in that position in the box after making a good run, you know. Um, I think that, yeah, I-, I would like to see Houghton. I just think, it- I think, just think Sermon just needs a break. You know, I know he's, you know, been playing for years and he, he probably can do Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. But I feel that just making sure of getting Houghton up to speed as as best we can. Because I think, you know, maybe, well, I, I, I don't know. But last season, Houghton really was a key player for us. You know, he, he was the one in that Dave Kasumu role, if you want, as we call it. But he, he was the one that he was the, the metronome for us. And, uh, you know, he, he has that ability to sniff out the danger. Okay, he's not the finished pro- finished polished product but he does offer you just a bit more mobility and uh, yeah I don't know it's weird because you know Sermon's glaring mistake was just you know about awareness and and just not really realizing but I remember saying I think it was after we played Rochdale a few weeks ago saying how good I thought Andrew Sermon was and that was one of his best assets because he didn't need legs because of how you know aware he was but I think it's different games call for different skill sets. And I think when you're playing against a team that's sitting as deep as Gillingham, and it was the same when we played Northampton the in the Papa John's, Sermon excelled because 
he didn't really have to do that much running. And if and I think if you actually look at the game, he didn't really have to run back many times. But the fact was, you know, he, he did make there was an error of miscommunication. Um, but I just think in general, you know, not necessarily just for last night, but I just think it would be good just to mix things up. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, against Wigan. I mean, it's insanity to just do the same thing over and over again, right? And this whole podcast has been on fine margins, and ultimately, Sermon was that fine margin last night. So, yeah, it's it's just freshening up. It's players can't be getting too comfortable, and with the way that Russ reacted last night, which I feel was the first time in a little while we've probably seen his dressing room conversation actually happen in the press conference. Um, he's, he's annoyed, and I think we all are. Um, but you know, if, let me just if he... throw a let me throw a fork grenade in here. Should any of the back three change? Um, no, not for me. No. I think I think the midfield is just causing me problems. We, we, it's the same for me as to have with Shrewsbury. There's, there's just no protection for him. And but last you know, night that wasn't the issue. No, but I still trust in this back three to get the job done. Honestly, and they're um, the ones that are costing us. Have cost us in recent games. Do you not? Well, if, if you look at the home, if you look no, at the I'm, home, I'm just. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying it's my, my point of view, but I'm just saying, you know, what yeah, people, okay. you know, what what I, I think they're valid questions which need to be thought about, and I think it's just interesting to to just think about, like, you know, how we feel about these the centre backs. Look at the whole away fixture, for example. Um, I think that I don't know the average age of that back line if you take Louis out. Um, it's, it's, young. it's very it's, it's young, very yeah. young and raw, yeah. and. Every, every player's got a mistake in them and I feel like um, especially even at the highest level you see all these young players coming into these these top sides and they do make mistakes and yeah they're making consistent mistakes but like yesterday it was down to the midfield and the defence not having that communication Northampton it was just a case of not clearing your lines it's, it's I, f- I feel it's quick fixes and on the training ground and as we've all said it, Martin can address it and he will fix it when he can. Um, but if we keep changing up like this back line like we're used to, it's, we're not going to get any consistency and a bit of form running together. And I feel like it could jeopardise their development going forward. I, I agree with you. And I, I, so I don't think it should change. I, I, I just thought it'd be interesting to like look at that. But I think that you know, Rusk Rusk has mentioned or you know mentioned it in in his presses that you know he's mentioned that 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 what's happening now is going to be so beneficial for such a young team. And let's face it, what better way to do it than when you've got fifteen games of the season where you're not going up and there's no way you're going down either. So, you know, what what better way? You know, obviously it's not just a party from here on out, but. In reality, you know, it's it's a good opportunity to, you know, start what thinking about next year um, rather than just scrapping for, you know, every point. And obviously, we, you know, get as many points as we can. Amazing. But I think, you know, having an eye on next year and actually getting some proper competitive, because it's all good and well doing training sessions, but, you know, you learn on the field of play. So I think it's good to keep a, such a settled back line 
and really just start planning and getting ready for next season, which is, you know, this season was never, ever, ever about going up or staying up. It was just about progress. And, you know, that's pretty much been bang on what's happened. And you think back to the you know, start of the year when, start of the season when, you know, so many times Russ was saying, we're not going to finish anywhere near the bottom. We're not going to finish anywhere near the bottom. We're, we're only two thirds into the season and we're about 12 points clear of the bottom, bottom, bottom four. And it will take three or four teams to get an extra, like an extra one point per game, basically on average to actually overtake us. So, yeah, I think it just, we, we, we are mid table in short. And we should just embrace it and ride it out for the next few, next uh, couple of months. I know we're not used to it as MK Dons fans. I've nothing to play for this early in the season, but let's just ride with it. Yeah, and a final point on the back three: who will we even bring in to replace him in the first place? If Jules is going to play left wing back this whole time, which is as you mentioned, it's been persistent since he's come into the team, apart from one appearance. Who the hell's going to come in and play in one of their positions? We haven't got anyone. Like Richie Keogh screwed us over by leaving because that was the plan, I think, just to use Keogh to develop Darling, develop O'Hora a bit more. And then obviously he could probably leave in the summer for whoever he wants to go to. Like, We've got an ex-Scottish international in the dugout. Certainly well, Russell Martin. <laughs> I mean, he's retired, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he played. He played again. He played with Kekron, didn't he? In that uh, friendly behind closed doors. But I think that's about it. He seems to be uh, more dedicated to this guy's sports studio at the moment than he does uh, <laughs> the pitch. So, um, but yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I've touched on Kekron, have we? Uh, the new signing. Um, what were your boys' thoughts on that, uh, Ross? I'll kick off with you. Obviously, came in another midfielder, probably because of Kaz uh, being injured again, which is unfortunate. Um, but. I don't know if you saw much of him last night, but what did you think of him and where do you think he'll play in the midfield? Um, it's hard to judge someone when they come off the bench and we're looking for a reaction, obviously being 2-1 um, down. I, th- I think it's just hard to judge as such. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. You can't, I don't feel like you can judge a signing on that performance. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm not going. I'm not going to big him up and say he looks like Scott Fraser. He he doesn't. But I've heard. I've heard some good things about him, and uh, let's see what he can offer in the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, I mean, he did simple things. I think when he came on, he had like a ninety-one percent pass completion, something like that. Um, so he did simple stuff. Uh, to be fair, it's probably one of the better games for him to come into because he could embed into the system, pass the ball about a bit. You know, of course, that wasn't great for us on the night, but in terms of embedding him into what Russ wants, you know, that you can't get much of a better game, really. Joe, do you reckon he's competition for the pivot or do you reckon he's more just cover for the Fraser slash O'Reilly positions in the midfield? Um, I think just like, you know, from having asked a couple of people that, that have watched him at Brentford and and at Birmingham, I think, he, I think he's maybe got the potential to play both. I think he's he's one of them where he's, he's not a defensive midfielder, but he's best when he's deep dictating play. Um, and I think, you know, there's no doubt it's it's almost another one of them Gladwin, Louis Thompson type signings where if he stays fit, he shouldn't be at the level. You know, we've heard it before, but I think we've seen glim- real glimpses. I think, well, Louis Thompson especially, I'll, I'll, I'll say straight off the bat, he starts. 
you know, in, in any MK Dons team this season, he starts if he's fit. Um, and I think that, you know, with Gladwin, he's, he's shown real flashes, but it's just struggled with the consistency. Um, so, yeah, I think with McEachern, it's an interesting one because he's probably got a higher, if you want, pedigree than those two I've just mentioned in terms of, you know, the, the wider football community. He's, you know, played, he played a couple hundred games in the championship or something like that. Um, only 20, I don't think he's played in a year or two. So, you know, that was all up to the age of about 25, 26. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think that it could be, maybe it's looking towards the longer term as well. Maybe, you know, he's got, because we, we've got Lass on loan. We've got um, Sermon, who may, not, he, he may not end the season, uh, who may not stay with us next season. We've got Louis Thompson, who, you know, he, he's only alone as well. So maybe it's, you know, sort of one eye on the looking forward as well. You know, if he does well and wants to say, then who, who knows what can happen. So overall, I don't mind the signing. I'm sure he's not on, you know, eight grand a week or anything extortionate. I'm sure he's just, you know, just wanted to see out the season and then take it from there. So, yeah, just, yeah, we got nothing to lose from it. Yeah, I mean, we were saying in the previous pop, weren't we? we got like, I think it's at least four or five centimetres out of contract or returning to their parent clubs in the summer. So, yeah, we, we do need to experiment with some players. And if it is just that, then, yeah, fair play. I mean, it made me feel old, though. Joshua Keckman was 28 when he signed. I thought, but yeah, I remember when he was like a Chelsea youngster. So the fact yeah. he's now 28 is uh, incredible. Um, well, Chelsea but... wonder kid, I think you'll find. Oh, yeah, he, he round... actually played, yeah. He's actually played like 12 games for Chelsea as well. So this isn't some, uh, yeah, ex-Chelsea academy, blah, blah, blah. No, he's, you know, he's he's comes with a good, good level of... Um, previous experience and just yeah, been and very it, unlucky yeah. with injuries and he stubbed Real Madrid as well didn't he at one point to our state Chelsea well so. when he had Russ Martin was interested <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Real Madrid are on the phone but now MK Don sounds like the place to me oh dear okay well that kind of covers our thoughts on Gillingham um, obviously really interesting performance and got a lot of people's thoughts and people's brains ticking about what's going on with the team right now uh but there's a great chance to bounce back from that against Wigan. And that's up next in our preview of Saturday. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing. So we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. So after a uh, pretty, well, annoying performance against Gillingham, um, we travel on the road again and travel to Wigan and DW Stadium, uh, take on Wigan Athletic, who uh, have got plenty of issues themselves at the moment. Uh, it's out of their control, of course, with their ownership in the EFL. Uh, and we wish them well in their pursuit of trying to get new owners. Um, but of course, the focus is on Saturday for us and the chance to uh, bounce back. Uh, so I'll take you through the preview today. Um, so... Wigan, some general stats on them in the league this season. Uh, rock bottom in the league, uh, 24th uh, on 27 points at the moment. And the breakdown of that is seven wins, six draws and 19 defeats. They've scored the 30 and conceded 62. And if you break that down into uh, just home matches, uh, they're still bottom. So the worst home team in the league. Uh, 10 points from home this season for them. Uh, two wins, four draws and the 10 losses. Uh, and out of the 30 goals they've scored in general, uh, 15 of them have come at home and they've conceded 35 out of 62 at home. 
top goal scorers for Wigan. Uh, Callum Lang and Will Keane have each got five goals each this season. I believe Will Keane is leading the goal contributions as well with six. I think he had the one assist. Uh, the, care, the caretaker gaffer, uh, Liam Richardson, a bit of speculation around him recently. Uh, there's been some suggestions that he may join uh, the recently appointed uh, Paul Cook at Ipswich. Um, but basically, he just sat on the fence with what he said with that. So if there wasn't even more uh, conflict at Wigan at the moment, there might even be more if the caretaker manager decides to go to Ipswich, which would be unfortunate for them. Um, in terms of the way they set up, uh, typically it's been a 4-2-3-1. Uh, they've played that formation 17 times in the league, uh, including the previous game against Charlton. Uh, the results of that have been uh, four wins, two draws and 11 losses. And if they don't play that, then typically it's a 4-4-2. And that, uh, well, quite embarrassingly for them, has resulted in zero wins, uh, two draws and five losses. So... Uh, if you didn't think that Wigan weren't the greatest team um, in the league, then all you've got to do is go on to who scored and look at their strengths as a team and there's none available, um, which is a pretty damning assessment on Wigan's season so far. And it's a shame because, you know, we haven't had the best felt Wigan um, and obviously they've got their own issues of ownership, as mentioned. But uh, yeah, they're just not on the greatest, greatest team this season for various reasons. And when they do play well, though, they like to tack down the right wing, and typically that's through uh, Solomon Ottomore, um, because typically that they've played with various right backs this season. From the right back, they started off the season with going to Salford uh, and James, and they've used a range of players since there. But Ottomore seems to be ever present there, and I think when Lee Evans hasn't been playing, who I think when he has played, he's been their best player without a doubt. Uh, Ottomore seems to be the guy who they go through in terms of key passes and. Uh, well, not so much goals and assists, but definitely creation-wise. So he could be a key man to watch out for on Saturday. Um, but I'm sure Ross has got his own key players to watch out for. So I'll pass it over to him. Uh, Ross, what's some of the players you're looking out for? Well, uh, where do I start? It's, it's not, as you said, it's, it's quite negative on the Wigan uh, front. Um, their top three players on side for school, they're rating our defenders and... They've conceded 62 goals this season. It's something in itself, I guess. Um, but I noticed when the last time we played at Stadium MK, they set up in a 3-5-2 formation and Gavin Massey was playing as the wing-back. And I've noticed um, this time round, um, just looking at his recent games, he's starting to play as the left wing in the 4-2-3-1 system. So maybe that's something um, which suits his game a bit more because of, I've seen previous highlights where when he's given the time and space, he can be a real nightmare for any defender. Um, but he's not one to score, but potentially someone to keep an eye on um, throughout the game. And then at the back, you've got Scotty Wooten, um, who we all know at MK. Um, he's got a mistake in his game. And I feel like this... this Say is that again. <laughs> <laughs> Definite. Oh um, and I feel like this is something we can exploit and and we can target as such. And... With how vulnerable that back line is currently, we've got to take advantage of it. Yeah, uh, I think, um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because we're seeing a lot of goals over in the summer day that happened the whole season. So maybe a high scoring affair is on the cards, Joe. And uh, what are your sort of overriding thoughts of Wigan heading into this game? Yeah, I think I just had a little flick through, um, and th- thanks for cover- doing that, uh, covering the preview for me. But um, yeah, no worries. I think. 
a, a couple of bits I noticed was that they're, they're, in their last 10 games, they've only actually won two and they were both teams around them. So it's not even as if they're, you know, putting up much of a fight to the better teams. It's tends to be just really ugly wins and they were against Northampton and Bristol Rovers. And I think, you know, from playing them a couple of times this season, I think we know the sort of the quality of those teams isn't particularly very high. Um, but yeah, in their last 10 games, they've scored eight goals. So, you know, it's not as if they're scoring regularly either as well. Because I remember, you know, obviously going into the Rochdale game, we knew that there was a threat there going forward. But I mean, but one thing I would say is we're going to have had to have signed a few players in January. So Scott Wooten, we've mentioned. Um, also Joe uh, Dodu, who he, he can be a dangerous player. He, he, well, he, he's, a, he's a, a typical a good finisher for the level. And he's played, you know, at higher levels before. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, it will be a game where we should be winning. Um, but, you know, they when we played them as well um, at home, they didn't have probably uh, one of their most, their best attacking player in Viv Solomon Ottobor. Um, real pacey winger. And if we're, you know, we've we got to do well just not to get caught out. Because I, I presume that we'd be, dominating for large large um, amounts of this game. So I think, yeah, as you know, Ross mentioned about Gavin Massey on the other wing, just got to be careful we're not being exploited by them. You know, the out-and-out wingers getting in behind when uh, no doubt Laird uh, goes bombing forward and whoever's on the left. Yeah, Ottomar's the guy to watch out for 100%. Um, he's pretty much their attack. Uh, so if we can't stop him, then we're not going to probably get anything from this game. Um but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty damning uh, assessment of Wigan. But to be honest, it is they're not they're not exactly in the best conditions as a club in the first place, and it's a shame to see. So we'll uh, we'll get to our starting 11s, I suppose, gents. Uh, how do we see the Dons lining up against Wigan on Saturday? Uh, Ross, I'll start with you. Uh, what's your starting 11 looking like? I've gone with the usual Fisher in goal, and then the same back three in Ohora, Darling, and Louis. I've gone with Laird out on the uh, right, and I've I've it's kind of been a default selection in Jules at left wing back. Obviously, with Sorinola, we don't know what's happening on the contract front, and Russ saying his head's not in it. So I feel like Jules he picks himself basically because we've got no other options in that position in my eyes. Um, and then I've took Sermon out in the deeper role, and I've gone with Houghton. I feel like this game, um, I feel like Houghton will be ready. And I've mentioned in previous pods about his fitness and we might well test that in this game and see see what happens. And then I've got him just in front of the usual duo in O'Reilly and Fraser. And then I've gone with Jerome and Grigg up top. The reason why I've picked Grigg over Mason Brown is because of he got a goal and assist again last night. And he's starting to really hit some form, and it'd be stupid if we were to drop him in my eyes. Yeah, pretty strong 11, that Ross. Um, I'll go my next, I guess. Uh, yeah, um, actually, I've gone with a different back five, not in the same as centre backs and goalkeeper. I'll tell you the same. I've taken a gamble on Dan Harvey being available. Um, obviously, we don't know what's happening with his fitness right now, haven't had the presser from Russ. Um, but I feel if he's ready to play, he'll play. Um, I don't see Wigan 
doing an awful amount going forward uh touch wood there um and of course dan harvey if he was going to play would be up against sophomore so yeah i feel that's it's yellow sort card of, if ever uh, yeah ever exactly <laughs> yeah exactly and uh i feel i think it'd be dan harvey's sort of game so i'll stick him in there um same midfield three of yeah so how to and fraser and riley and then i've got mason and brown up front um if russ is you stick into this rotation of strikers that he seems to like to be doing the past couple of games, then uh, Joe and Charlie are due a start. Um, and with Saturday, Tuesday pretty much happening for a good amount of the rest of the season, um, I think there's a chance that both of those guys come back in and could actually benefit from this game where they could, you know, get some goals under the belt and uh, lead the team to victory. So, Joe, uh, what striker partnership have you got and what's your starting 11 looking like? Yeah, so I've I've gone for the back three, and I also I put Harvey with an asterisk on my um on my notes because I think if Harvey is fit and available, and it's just maybe a, I don't know a bruise that he's sort of not you not run off, but it's you know it's gone down and he's able to play. I think Harvey will play. If not, Jules Jules can play. I think he he was all right last night. Nothing special, but you know he, nothing nothing um, awful. Um, and then Laird, obviously, another fantastic game um, for him very lively last night. Um, I've gone for Houghton in the middle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sermon play. And to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily be annoyed if all like disappointed if Sermon plays. I just think with with the, the two wingers, I think maybe Houghton might have to be, or I think whoever is playing in that pivot role will be dragged out to the wings a little bit and to, you know, to help out. So I think that Houghton is probably the best option. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as well if he threw McEachern straight in. Um, when we saw Matt O'Reilly, got, uh, he'd been training with the club and he was announced and he started the next game straight away. So I would not be surprised just to see Russ, you know, Russ just throw one in there. But I, I don't think he will. I think it'll be Houghton. Um, O'Reilly and Fraser, um, I've gone for in the midfield roles. I think... O'Reilly was fantastic again last night. Um, just, just a little separate note. And um, I've gone for Greg and I've gone for Jerome up top. I, I just, I feel Mason is better against better teams, but I feel with Greg and Jerome, you know, when you've got teams sat so so far back, I think that you know, Greg, Greg and Jerome they get stuck in. Jerome's got the pace to get in behind, and I think that. I think that those two will will do well, and I think as well it, when you've got someone like playing against someone like Scott Wood, he's going to want a battle because he's almost he almost reminds me of like Dayan Lover, and he can't just defend nicely. He has to have a battle and go charging in, and so I think if Jerome winds him up a little bit, there could be a little bit of joy there. Yeah, no, I mean I'm kind of interested to see actually what Russ does with the strikers because now he's got four strikers available to him. He well, he's sport for choices, isn't he? To fill two positions, so. I'm testing a theory, and if it works, I'll be laughing. If not, then I'm like a muppet. So we'll see what happens. Okay, destroy we'll your rank... fan hub rating. Oh well, I mean, that's, yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. And it's good to see uh, someone got a perfect eleven out of eleven and keeping the dons in the podium places on fan hub, which is excellent. Uh, I believe he got fifty-five fan score rating, which is terrific, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't downloaded FanHub already, um, please do. Um, it's a great app and you can interact with all of us guys on there. I believe the Don's fan base is about 36 people now, which is really good. Obviously, not as big as some fan bases, but I think it's actually got really good representation on the app. 
Um, and if you do want to skip the queue, uh, we've still got, a f well, our code is still active. Um, if you want the code, you just DM us. And um, yeah, we'll get it over to you. You can enjoy the app and uh, predict your own lineup ahead of Saturday. Okay, gents. So we'll round off our score predictions. Um, I'll kick off with you, Joe. Uh, what do you reckon is going to be a score for Saturday? I think with with recent games, I think that we we've scored goals and we you know as I said we've averaged about two goals a game and I don't think that's going to change. Um, the only question is will we be able to concede less than two? And I'm going for yes on this one. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm going for a two nil Don's win. I'm going for a nice clean sheet away from home. Um, I'm not sure what the pitch is going to be like at Wigan, but I remember. You know, during the, their Premier League days, they used to share it with a rugby club. So if it's anything like Stadium MK, then it's a, a home away from home, perhaps. Yeah, I don't think Wigan Warriors are playing at the moment. Um, I think Rugby League's got a strange schedule. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd hope that the pitch is in good condition because obviously we benefit off that quite a bit considering the state of our pitch at the moment. Uh, Ross, what's your score prediction looking like for Saturday? You guys are certainly not advertising this game very well. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's a uh, matchup where both teams need a result for different reasons. Obviously, Wigan, um, obviously trying to beat the drop, and ours is a case of just trying to get back to winning ways and have something to show for after a good performance. Um, but I, I do feel like we've got the edge um, and quality all over the pitch in my eyes. And I've gone with a 2-1 Don's victory. Yeah, I like it. Um, I've actually gone, we're going to hammer him. Uh, I've gone 4-1 Don's. Uh, uh, an early Joe, Joe Free's favourite prediction. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think we're going to bounce back and actually see out the game this time um, and probably score a few more goals at the same time as well. Um, you know, we need, we need a type of performance really and I feel we're going to just there for the taking at the moment. Uh especially with their gaffer um, or tech, caretaker gaffer just basically saying he might leave, he might not. I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, and yeah, admittedly, they played okay against Posh. They still lost the game, but they put up a fight more than we did, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I still think we'll win and I think we'll uh, put them to bed, hopefully in the first half. Okay, that's it for episode 37. Uh, thank you very much for listening as per usual. Uh, your support is excellent. And if you want to send in audio messages for future episodes, whether that be reflections on games, uh, questions, topics you want to ask the lads that can be included in the episode, uh, then please send us in a message. Um, we'll put the link in the podcast description and David tweeted it out today, actually. Um, so if you want to do that, uh, feel free. And of course, if you don't feel comfortable going on audio, then you can just tweet to see question topics and we'll be sure to include them in this so thank you again for listening and as always come on you dons the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year beyond the pitch beyond the results we're here to connect fans getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans we're a team with two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.